Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. We are here to talk about the actual football game. You know, no more predictions. We have actual games right in front of us, and we're here to talk about them. The Sooners are 1-0. Granted, not a good team, but I will say this. There were some impressive performances in this game that would have looked good against Air, um, and we're here to talk about it because while we can't, you know, go here and act like this performance is proof that we're, you know, the greatest college football uh, team of all time and could beat, you know, 1945 Army. Um, you know, there's still some good things to talk about. So, um, Jameson, I'll just, like, you start here. What was the performance that you were most uh, encouraged by uh, in this win over Missouri State? Well, you said we're not the greatest team of all time coming from this, but are we not the best defense in NCAA right now? That's facts. Haters, haters will say you're wrong, but I mean, come on, look at it. We are facts. The best defense in NCAA, write it down. De- okay, so let's keep with defense for my one big takeaway of this game. We have to look at somebody that we thought, um, but we really need him to stand out, and it was Isaiah Thomas. It was no doubt in my mind. We came out only in a two defensive lineman set with like five line, like I think it was like a, I was a four, was it four two five or oh, let me look, let me look it up. Uh, it was a two two five is what we started with, and you know that that's huge, and especially whenever we're really really um, like shallow the defensive line and defensive end needed to come up big with Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Stripling's out, Ronnie Perkins out, and that dude was getting pressure even though it was against Missouri State defensive, I mean offensive linemen. That was definitely a bright spot and someone we really needed because if he didn't show up, that that position is going to be really bad for time to come. Absolutely, and you know that that two line uh, lineman set is something you know you hardly ever see um, you know reliably used in a college football game. Maybe they'll throw it in you know as a wrinkle, but um, to to regularly use that um, like that with success. Granted, I don't think you could pull that out against um, let's just say Texas and have sustained uh, success, but I mean, absolutely impressive work from uh, those two guys who, um, you know, we really need to step up, especially with how thin that position is. We talked about it last week uh, ad nauseum. Ty, what did you see from the game that uh, really, really encouraged you? Yeah. So just kind of to echo Jameson's point, just on a broader aspect, it it would also be the defense for me. Um, I don't, you know, the, the statistics are what they are. It was Missouri State. Um, but one of the things that impressed me most is, is re-watching the game, uh, just schematically how the defense was playing. So, again, granted it was Missouri State, but there were a lot of defensive plays where we had them be just schematically. So not guys missing blocks, um, that we were able to exploit or, you know, our players just being faster and more powerful. There were so many plays over and over where we had guys at the right point where even when they did everything right on their end, when, when Missouri State, the offense did everything right on its end, the defense was still right there with a guy in the backfield or right there to, to blow up the play. So that was impressive. Uh, there was a lot of drops. Um, interceptions or, or potential interceptions that we could definitely refine on. But I think defensively was was the big takeaway. And again, it is Missouri State, like I've said a, a few times, and, and I feel like we're going to stay for the rest of the time. But 
to see that that groundwork or that that foundation or those bones that scheme there that's really uh good to see absolutely and it was a performance that was completely dominant uh, start to finish um and you know that's not always a given uh with these cupcake games with nou uh, i believe we gave up some like 13 points to south dakota last year which you know things happen but this was an absolute beatdown. Only 135 yards on Missouri State the entire game, um, and most of those I feel like came after you know we you know completely took the foot off the gas in the second half. Uh, you know, the, the turnover battle. You know, you all obviously would love to see some more forced ones. OU's only one was in the second um, second half, uh, just kind of a absolute duck thrown up to uh, Turner Yell, um, but. In general, it was just an absolute clinic of a of a defensive performance, um, which yeah, Missouri State's bad. They had one win last year, but I, I will say that they probably could have scored on us. There were a few times where they definitely could have, um, or at least you know converted to keep drives going, and it was just their incompetence that that kept them from it. Whether it be a drop pass here and there, or just a a terrible throw, there were some moments where. Um, either on conversions, you know, who knows what was going to happen or some some other plays where things could have gone wrong and we didn't stop them. They stopped themselves. Uh, but I don't even think it would have affected the, the cover. even. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, thankfully, Mordecai came in and got us that cover towards the end with that last touchdown. It was getting a little close there. Um, I'd also yeah. like I'd also like to shout out, watch this on the video, and you can see uh, Ty's dog for this. It's really yeah, also, I've been absolute wearing a, treat. I've been wearing a comically small beret this entire time, and no one has said anything. <laughs> I've, I've been so confused what it is. I, I have no idea. It looks like a beanbag on top of your head. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's comically small. It looks like you had like some sort of really bad cornhole injury where the beanbag is now fused to your head. It, it kind of looks like I'm wearing like a, a um, I don't even know, like an ice pack on my head or something. Yeah. We should have just had the just got comically bonked with like a. <laughs> <laughs> what we should have done is got you a, we need to get you a green screen and then it, it, it could look like you're like in Paris or something. Put the Eiffel Tower behind you. It's actually French. It's, it's from the. It's from the French. I don't know if you can see that. It doesn't matter. Oh, Anyways, oh, yeah, nice little – hey, you know, honestly, as far as uh, Schooner Pod, you know, dive, you know, uh, detours go, that wasn't too bad, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> I, say, I say we just do something so random, all of us, rather than just where we are or where something and just see if anybody watches the YouTube. That's see what I like to Any do. kind of response. I'm, I'm, I'm going to run out of jerseys to wear. I only have a few. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Penny is Penny is all over the. She won't get out of my lap right now because I'm home alone, so she wants attention. <laughs> anyway, back to football. Back to football. We are men. Um, okay, so obviously the defense huge standout, but offensively, uh, some really excellent performances in that first half. Uh, for me, I, I, I we got to talk about Radler. Um, Obviously, an impressive debut. He was making throws that, um, frankly, Jalen Hurts could never make. Uh, it was really impressive, really sharp. Uh, and honestly, like his stat line, as good as it was, it should have been better uh, because there were, I believe, all three drops were not his fault. 
they were either, you know, perfectly placed in the bucket and it just didn't go through, or there was, I, I believe at right before halftime, just an egregious pass interference that didn't get called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so really, I, I mean, honestly, as perfect of a night as you could get uh, for Rattler, that, that, if that was going on, you know, bef- in, in practice, I'd be like, this, this kid is good. Mm-hmm. So, James, you saw, you saw a clear drop off when, when him, when Tanya Mordecai came in. I don't care, even if it, he was thrown to lesser wide receivers, you could definitely see there was a clear. When difference. he wasn't when he when he first came in, he wasn't. Oh, you're right. You're right. He, he did play. The only he, substitution was Rattler. Yeah. And I mean, that was smart on Lincoln's and just kind of get it. And you could tell we only scored seven points in the second half. And it was, and Mordecai threw an interception. The thing is, if it wasn't for, yeah, and if it wasn't for a Stogner and Rambo drop, that's an extra two touchdowns for, for Rattler. And the thing is, you, you've got to talk about Marvin Mims. And I understand that we're going to kind of beat this into the ground. Like Marvin Mims, so many people saw it. The practice reports were saying that he was doing really well. We needed it. And we definitely got it. A guy that is a do it all you can. Like I said, it could be a Sterling Shepard as freshman season, even better for him this year. And more than anything, we get to brush off, you know, completely dust off one of our old favorite segments, uh, Beamer Ball Watch, because he was incredible on the special teams. Absolutely Mm -hmm. electric every return. I know it's Missouri State. You got to add that caveat to everything. However, I mean, he was just we, we haven't had a burner like that since probably Jalen Saunders. And this kid could – I don't know. This kid could be just as good, if not if not better. Um, definitely a candidate for breakout wide receiver. I mean, the guy's just as good as – honestly, I didn't think he'd be as good as we've been hyping him up because we've been hyping him up that much. But I was impressed. Tyler, how, how – or Tyler. Ty, what do you think – how did you think um, – uh, how did you like Mimsy's debut for the Super? Yeah, I mean, it it was really impressive, um, and, and he definitely stepped up to the plate in terms of what you would expect from a freshman. Uh, I'm not, you know, fully bought in just because, again, the, the Missouri State caveat, um, you know, it, it is significantly easier for guys to look impressive when there's not a, uh, a star defensive back that is able to cover them. Uh, so I don't I don't fully expect his production to carry through conference play, but yeah, very, very impressive. And I don't think there's anything you could, uh, you could really criticize. I think my only comments there were just sort of, you know, um, set realistic expectations. Um, yeah, so. for sure. And, you know, all of the receivers looked pretty good. You know, Rambo, uh, had his moments. Theo Howard has moments. Theo Weiss had an excellent catch. Um, so yeah, no, very, very good showing. Uh, I like the running backs. McGowan was pretty fun. Um, again, mm-hmm. Missouri State, but uh, you know they they had. I mean, they took advantage of that. Uh, the O line looked great. Stogner looked uh, like he <laughs> was as big as everyone talked about. Dude's huge. So yeah, um, there's definitely a lot to be happy about. But in general, you know, OU took care of business. That's about all you can say. Uh, any thoughts before we wrap up Missouri State? Yeah, I, I will stay on the. You can go first, Jameson. Yeah, yeah. I just want to. I just want to hop in on this. I don't think the O line looked great at all. I think it was really sloppy, and you could tell that COVID hit us hard. We had to move Ely over to left tackle, and we put in Swinson, who should probably be the fourth string at right tackle. And it was just, it was absolute garbage tackle play. Ely should not be over at left. 
I understood that he would probably have a better NFL draft stock at left, but he's a right tackle kind of guy and needs to stay there. And we really missed a true freshman in, Har- in, um, in Harrison, the kid from out east, um, true freshman. It would have been really, really nice to see him. And But you got to realize we also had EJ and Domo Gar, Andrew Rame out, and Stacey Wilkins, who is our backup left tackle. We were, we were scrambling. And I think that the bad offensive line play really kind of screwed over a guy like Marcus Major that Ty was big on. I was not happy with the way Marcus Major ran the ball because I feel like he didn't have those – great um holes that you see a lot from those first game um from oklahoma um but the thing is seth mcgowan that dude made his own plays and he was running with a purpose and he looked great out there it was a clear gap in between him and marcus major when it came down to skill and the ability to run the ball yeah i also will say about mcgowan it it always threw me off threw me off seeing him like a number one actually take the ball and run i'm like wait what's Mm -hmm. what's why is Jalen in the backfield? What's Kyler doing out there? It was a little, um, little, th- little bit uh, threw me off a little bit. Um, I don't know. Wow. Uh, Ty, any final thoughts? Yeah. So or- my my final thoughts were on the uh, on the running backs. Um, you know, I, I was I was really high on on Marcus Major in our last podcast and and thinking he would step up. Um, you know, he was questionable for the game, so I will. You know, not to not to make excuses. Or, or anything for him, but he, you know, was not a hundred percent. If he's, you know, questionable on game day, whether or not he's going to play. But um, yeah, I think I think out of everyone that we saw, uh, Seth McGowan again, super impressive performance, and, and not to demean him in any way, but he's, you know, but he well, both our running backs that played are, are the bottom of the depth chart on our running backs. So major props to them for playing as well as they did because they're guys that. You know, this summer we weren't, you know, outside of Ramondre, uh, we weren't expecting to really see get a lot of or a ton of play or expecting a ton out of. And now, you know, they're the number one, number two guys uh, in the backfield. So super impressive, regardless of who we're playing, to see those guys step up. Because, you know, it's one thing to see it from from Rattler. He was, you know, stupid highly rated as a quarterback. You know, Creed Humphrey could have had a crazy NFL draft last year and chose to return like you expect really good performances from these guys. Uh, so I was really impressed by the running backs uh, because, you know, we, we were really iffy on that. And I think a lot of people were, and uh, it was Missouri state, but awesome to see. And especially as McGowan was kind of a joke for us last week because he was he still, he was left on the dead chart behind. That guy, that guy's good. He cuts sharp. The way he runs is just very, physical, very downfield. I, yeah. I, I liked it. Um, Maybe Kirk Herbstreit will get his name right next week. Yeah, Seth, I think Seth McGowan is going to be our leading rusher for the season. Yeah. You can tell that's definitely – he just read the uh, box chart or box yeah. score and like, yeah, this McGowan kid. Or they, somebody said it in his earpiece probably. That totally was just like siphoned information. He just didn't – never heard of him before and just completely – Yeah, they don't know. They don't know all the depth charts of all the people yeah. there. You know, people sitting in the back, same up with their earpiece. Man, speaking of announcers, I feel so bad for the people who paid sixty dollars to hear that announcer just yell "full send" like the entire game. That was—I've never. It was just brutal. That broadcast team was brutal. I'm sure they're nice people, but could you get any more "hello, fellow children" than just yelling "full send" anytime a touchdown happened? It was it was totally bad, and they mispronounced people's names. They called the kicker Gabe Burkich for probably three kicks. 
<laughs> it was miserable. I, it was like Gabe Burkett out to kick, and I'm like, no, <laughs> legitimately. Until he started to kick um, Johnson. I think Johnson was last name. Last name Paul. Uh, no. I have no idea. Was it Stephen Johnson? Let's just throw it out there. Um, <laughs> it is Stephen Johnson. Yeah. You did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> until he kicked the field goal, they were just like Gabe Burkett to kick the field goal, and he goes, wait, no. It's not. And then he like pauses for like 10 seconds. And I'm like, oh, no. We need a banner that just says we got the name right whenever it happens. <laughs> I am one for one on uh, not knowing the name, throwing out a random for the season. That is much better than last couple seasons. There we go. Yeah. Hey, it's our preseason. We're hitting it. We're hitting it hard. We're on our stride. I love it. Um Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. This is less of a football um, kind of topic, but what was it like? Because we were all there. What was y'all's experience uh, in the post COVID stadium era with 25%. Oh, boy, I know no. we have, <laughs> I have some takes on this. So I want to so go Jameson and I were in the stadium proper. Ty was um, Ty was one of the hooligans in the student section. So. <laughs> Technically, I wasn't. Technically, I wasn't because we refused to move. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll, just, I'll just jump into to my takes. Yeah, yeah Jameson. So, so, yeah, Ty, go. First, go. first thing, masks were required. Of, of course, the OU Daily came out showing a picture of the student section and roasting the students for not doing it. The participation in the mask mandate was pretty equal across the stadium from what I saw at like 50-50, with most people just immediately ripping them off and, and nobody at all cared to enforce it whatsoever. Um, big criticisms at OU. No one ever told the students anything about any distancing. There was no emails, no notifications whatsoever to the students about anything other than how to claim your ticket, which resulted in the students coming and sitting in what is normally the student section. And all the seats had little stickers on them where you could and couldn't sit. Those were broadly ignored because of course they are. (laughs) Um, But people were distancing to some extent And we ran into a problem about partway through the first quarter when it became very apparent um, that the student section was not the student section and those seats had been sold. And there were a lot of very angry old people upset that there were students all over their their section, Um, myself and, and Katie included, because this old person came up to us and told us that he had our seat. And I told him, but this is the student section. (laughs) <laughs> and that was shortly before security arrived um, and, and moved most people. Some people, uh, particularly of a certain Greek house, required OUPD to uh, show up to move them. 
um, which is very on brand. <laughs> Am I being and, detained? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just, it was an absolute, like, there was a lot of criticisms on the social distancing and everything else. But from what I saw, it looked to me like OU took the student section that normally seats 8,000 people. They sold about 2,500 tickets, or they let about 2,500 students in. And they, the area that they had allocated for students to sit that wasn't sold to people in distance out sat maybe about 3,000 people. So it was almost like by design, there was no social distancing whatsoever. So if you look at the, the student section or the student section area post the first quarter, I think it was in the first quarter when they did the big moving everyone over. There's just the whole section looks like a normal game and it's just completely cramped because there was no, like they, they sold, it was absolutely dropped the ball by OU um, in almost every way, but very entertaining. And I think that's probably as much details we can get into on the, on the podcast and on video before we start bleeping stuff. That's fair. (laughs) Uh, Jameson, I had a delightful time in the uh, adult section. It was pretty spaced out. Uh, the only thing I noticed was, you know, maybe a couple times you could see people would, would just kind of wander around and, and that that wasn't being policed. But for the most part, everyone, you know, did their did their part. Yeah, there was zero policing on anything going on. And like you said, very little mask. I mean, I mean, for the common beer drinker is always sipping on the beer continuously and continuously going back for refills. I I mean, yeah, the mask on, mask off is going to be a little bit annoying. So I, I see, I see the delinquents of OU having a problem with that. I mean, like you said, it's like honestly, it makes some of those anti-maskers want to keep on buying beers, and the anti-maskers, whenever they get beard up a little bit, oh my goodness gracious, things are going to get bad. Unite Norman's going to get full. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> not Unite, Unite Norman. Don't do not uh, sponsor the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I'm not below. <laughs> I'm, I'm we're getting, below we're that. getting, we're getting too political here. So money, the, but all, all in all, all in all, I sat, I sat in the uh, close to the parents, a lot of the parents of the players, and there's a lot of them there, and they all look really happy. And you can tell a lot of them traveled. It was really cool to see like Woody Washington's parents with the with the jerseys with number zero on the back. I thought that was really cool. All in all, it was a really, really great experience. I never had any like any encounters with large crowds. I felt like very, very empty in the stadium from where I was, and everyone was very well distanced. And yeah. all it was, it was, it was good preparing beforehand in the non-student section, and there was no enforcement going around at all because they realized it would just probably cause more problems than create. I, I will say, it was, yeah, it, it was tremendous to arrive twenty to thirty minutes before kick at an OU home game, park on Boyd walk over without really any crowds, walk right through security and walk right up to seats and never really be in a crowd. It was also really, really weird. And and I will say that the the atmosphere inside the stadium just wasn't the same. It was pretty depressing, I, I will say. It was a completely different energy, even in the student section where people were clumped up and and, you know, pretty well hydrated and and excited it was just the energy wasn't there that you would expect it, it was awesome but it wasn't it was kind of depressing at the same time you yeah. can't replicate you know eighty five thousand plus people it, and i i thought the saddest for me like probably one of the saddest things was uh 
how they because they obviously didn't have enough people to do the full band. They just showed a video of the uh, old like an old pregame on on screen, and that 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 I think felt just very very you know what? weird. And I know I know I'm probably the only band guy here in terms of people like you know band no, appreciator. I, yeah. I I agree. So first off, they had a band there or a portion of it that was loud enough to be heard throughout the stadium. So I don't understand why they couldn't have just performed from their seats and had everyone direct their attention over there. And then also they didn't perform because they said they couldn't socially distance properly. And then they proceeded to show a video of them that they recorded the day before performing like in masks and stuff. So I don't understand how they were safe doing it like on Friday at the same distancing that they could have just done it all. Like they were on the practice field doing it. I don't understand how it magically becomes unsafe while they I, were doing it then. But yeah, I don't, the band thing was really weird. It was trippy for sure, but um, definitely an there emotional were a couple day. Different times. There was the, the pregame one that was literally just a clip from last year. And then the halftime show was recorded on Friday. Yeah. And it was definitely just, it was a very emotional uh, day. You know, obviously a lot of, you know, uh, dark times in the country and, and the world and, it just—it was good to get back to football, but it was also like unavoidable what was going on. But more than anything, it was just good to be back to football. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it if you're not going to the student section. Um, yeah, for the most part, it gets done. I think it will be even better next time. Uh, overall, enjoyable experience. Never a line. Uh, ample beer whenever you wanted it. Uh, yeah, I got this hat. It was good stuff. Um, they ran out of Michelob Ultra at my beer stand, though. Oh, that's something they need to fix. That's a crime. You you need those like like nine dollar uh, Michelob aluminums. That's the official beer. Of- Are they nine? I thought there were six. It was, it was probably eight. seven. It was eight. It was eight. Eight, eight sounds What's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's all we have to say for this. Uh, but did anyone try to order ahead concessions? No, why would you even need to do that? I think. Well, yeah, you didn't need to. I think. I think that was it. We didn't try it either. So. And, and the Wi-Fi, yeah. without yeah, a doubt, would have gone wrong. The Wi-Fi was super fast, probably because there was only like twenty something thousand people there. That's I true. thought. That's true. Well, I may um, have been in my school Wi-Fi. I'm not sure. Yeah, Jameson, do we uh, any any Cruton news going on, or do we do we do we <laughs> need to nothing? Absolutely nothing. This is just such a dry period of recruiting. You know, um, I wish I had something to say, but it's pretty sand pat. Ah, oh, man, I, I kind of wanted to play the video. Let's play it. We're going to play it anyways. David. Yes. What is this, David? This is a rooted corner with Jamison. Everybody dancing. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) I'm I'm bringing you some high-tech info. I was reading deep into the message boards of the Football Brainiacs, and there is one gooner on the board that believes he has some insight into Tristan Lee's mother likes Norman better than Baton Rouge. That is James Cruton Corner info for the day. (laughs) The Cruton Corner. Have you ever been to Baton Rouge? I drove through Uh, one. I have. I mean, I I stopped and ate there, but that doesn't count. I mean, I've driven by it many, many a times, you know. You wouldn't but, I mean, like I actually it either. Haven't you visited. 
Yeah, you wouldn't like it either. <laughs> we we stopped uh, on our way to the uh, Orange Bowl a couple years ago, and you know saw the tiger and everything, and that was it was fine. It was a good time. Uh, that might be where the keys are. Did you guys yeah. look there? The keys, the core keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Michael Grimes' keys. We hear it. So let's get on to our scheduled program. We never did a Big Twelve preview, so here it is: Big Twelve preview. Holy mackerel! That was garbage. What the hell was that, Big 12? I'm just going to say with, it. You went with holy mackerel? <laughs> I, I don't know how... <laughs> I, came off a break. You had time to think of what you were going to say. That's what you went with. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm still trying to figure out how clean I want this thing to be. But holy shit, Big 12. That was <laughs> garbage. Um, so... OU and Texas, as per usual, are the only ones carrying the day. Uh, obviously, OSU, TCU, and Baylor are exempt for the moment as they didn't have a chance to play. But, my God, I expected this out of Kansas. But you, Iowa State, you, Kansas State, you, you can't handle your, your Sunbelt Conference teams. I mean, I, I think we should just, re- uh, just remove those two teams and replace them with Arkansas State and uh, Louisiana. I think I think we'd have a better run going forward. Um, so I, I don't I don't I don't think we'll do a full preview because you you stupid conference they don't deserve it. This stupid don't. conference doesn't deserve it. They're bad. OU's good. OU one. Texas two or maybe three. That's my preview for you, Jameson. What 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 is what are your thoughts on that disastrous day yesterday? Honestly, even though, like, you know, here's the deal. Arkansas State and Louisiana are pretty decent teams. You know, they're both teams. The Texas Tech was probably the ugliest for me versus Houston Baptist. That was a bad. They only won by two and had to, like, barely come out with it. That was absolutely embarrassing. West Virginia had 11 players suspended and blew out their non-whoever opponent was. You know, at least they showed up. Give it to West Virginia. But Texas Tech, by far, even though they won, was the most embarrassing in my eyes. Yeah, I, I mean, Houston Baptist is – that's low right there. Um, favored by 33 points, and they can't even pull out three. Um, <laughs> uh, Ty, your thoughts on – Yeah, so I I just want to say, like, the in regards to the Texas Tech thing, you, you could say it's probably the worst performance, but at the end of the day, like – Two or three years from now, no one's going to remember, oh, Texas Tech barely beat Houston Baptist. Because at the end of the day, it's a W. At the end of the day, it's on the left side of that win-loss. But these other teams, that's something that doesn't go away. Like when Oklahoma State lost to Central Michigan and then tried to deny it and lie about it. <laughs> or like when Kansas beat Texas and and just things like that. It's just – yeah, it's, it's unexcusable. I – Kansas, yeah, we should have known it was coming. Um, I don't. I guess it's not clear because it's definitely not clear to Blake. But I'm not being serious when I say lock of the century. Like I, <laughs> I'm being serious about that. I wouldn't say it every week. Like I think Blake is convinced that I'm fully bought in on these. Like it's, I'm almost indicating which is the least likely to cover that I'm still picking and doing that. And you know, same thing for K State. Maybe we should have seen this coming. Uh, people were definitely correct about Les Miles. He definitely should have stuck with the Dr. Pepper commercials. <laughs> he's not getting any commercial deals after this. Uh, but, yeah, I think Iowa State was probably the most 
absolutely the most disappointing. Uh, we've been really, really high in Iowa State here uh, because that the turnaround that their coaches had, and you know how now he's tarnishing his his exit options as well. Um, and and Brock Purdy is is ass. Ty, like a, like a year ago, you referred he's to a him coward. as a, he's yeah, a coward. Yeah, exactly. He is a coward, but he you know we thought he was doing some good things, and he's now back. he doesn't even have the balls to win. He's back on the coward couch. We're moving. No, he never left. He never <laughs> left the coward couch. He's been sitting on it the whole time. He just <laughs> discovered that it's one of those that turns into a day bet. <laughs> now he's just fully laid out like Anne Hathaway or whoever it is in Titanic. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Anne Hathaway in Titanic. Got Leonardo DiCaprio painting her. <laughs> paint, paint me like one of your French girls. Yeah. Oh man. Anyways, uh, bad times, but. I don't know. All I know is Anne Hathaway's not in Titanic. No, she she would have been like ten. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Why no, not? Who's in that scene? No, uh, I think no it's like no. Nicole Kidman or Beyonce or somebody. No, <laughs> we're, 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 is, we're not an actor pod. We're only a last name pod when it comes down to football players. But actors and actresses, ooh, no, no, no. And we can't even get our primary like focus. We can't even get those names right. So don't expect anything else from us. Are we are we the Kansas football of OU football of OU football podcast? We might be entertaining, but who? Someone must have had us as the lock of the century. Like, <laughs> great time podcast week one, and I would take that any day. Lock of the century for best podcast. I love it. All right, that was it for our Missouri State recap and Big Twelve review. We will be back tomorrow to give our picks for week two thank you so much for listening if you like it uh you know subscribe and we'll be with you throughout the whole uh, college football season so so for me ty and jameson this has been the schooner pod i'm your host bobby howard we will see you next time thank you so much for listening boomer sooner <laughs>